Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, it's never a dull moment at the Bears. And Wednesday is one of the least dull they've had in a while. We will talk about that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, the Bears introduced uh, a guy who is probably going to be their best defensive player. They almost traded the guy who was supposed to be their best defensive player. And another coach got whacked. Boy, this is a strange day at Hallis Hall. Literally a three-ring circus in that case. There's three. You, you have Jalen Johnson. I mean, what any one of these three on their own would have been enough going on right. for the Bears. They fire running backs coach David Walker over misconduct. Yep. If that sounds familiar to you, it's basically what happened six weeks ago when defensive coordinator Alan Williams was forced to resign mm-hmm. over some sort of misconduct in yep. the building. Mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson has a meeting with the Bears in Los Angeles Sunday to right. talk contract extension. Poles walks out of there feeling good. Mm-hmm. Jalen walked out of there feeling much differently, or his agent did, because the next day Jalen demands a trade mm-hmm. and gets permission from Poles to go talk right. to other teams right. and see what he can get. No trade happens, Pat. He's got to come back. Sure. He tried to break up with them, and he can't. Right. He's got to come back to work for that same team. Sweat, they, they spend a second-round pick, a vi- what right now is an extremely high second-round pick, number 35 overall, just to then have the right to pay him more than they've paid any player ever, maybe. Right. I mean, he, he since Khalil Mack. Who knows what Sweat's going to get? Sweat is in line for a huge contract that Ryan Pulse says they're negotiating now. That last one might be a good thing. Yeah. The first two episodes or fiascos or whatever, that is not. Those are not indicators of things being real functional and well run around here. No, they're not. Um, David Walker gets fired. Alan Williams had gotten fired six weeks ago. Or, I'm sorry, he wasn't fired. He resigned. Forced to resign, I think. Forced to resign is a nice way to put that. Uh, these things don't happen ever, and now they're happening twice in six weeks. Matt Eberflus's defense of it was that their culture was, and I quote, awesome. And outstanding. What, what do you make of this? Is this is this a guy just trying to, trying to just get through a press conference? Do you think he actually believes that? Because if he actually believes that, uh, this is not what an awesome culture looks like. I think he has no choice to believe that and try to cling to that, Patrick, because what else is he going to cling to? And in fact, actually, I ask that like rhetorically, but we know. Right. We know what else he would have to cling to because in the middle of all of this mess, mm-hmm. the coach who is 5-20 and 20 right. in his career mm-hmm. is holding up, hey, in our last four games we went 2-2 two and two and almost won another one. Right. Real close. on With the, our backup quarterback. The Viking yeah. game. So you have just a mountain of losses on the field mm-hmm. that is on its own more than enough to be asking questions about Matt Eberflus's job security. Mm-hmm. And now you have this. You have two guys that he's hired, Alan Williams and David Walker, who have had to leave the building over misconduct. Right. And while it is plausible that Matt Eberflus didn't have reason to see that coming, it falls on him. Mm-hmm. He hired those guys. Mm-hmm. And now it's twice. As you said, this doesn't happen really like at all. Right. Now twice. 
halfway through a season. Yeah, Eberflus told uh, the Bears about it Wednesday morning. He uh, went out of his way to say that he met with their running back group and then their leadership council and then the team. Uh, it's it's just bizarre. And again, if they were six and two, in a way, this would this would not take on the meaning that it has. But I think because Matt Eberflus, you know, could very easily be fired at the end of the season. Uh, this is definitely not a point in his favor. When Ryan Pohl sits there and says, we have a way of doing things, and it's good when we bust people for not doing them the right way, that's not, uh, this is not a positive for him. No, and the way that uh, Matt Eberflus tried to convey all of this or, sh- or kind of frame all of this for everybody on Wednesday was that this was some kind of positive. Right. That, like, hey, we don't tolerate this. Well, th- how about don't have this happen in the first place? Uh, there's been a lot of mess mm-hmm. this season. And, and first off on the field, and that is going to be the determining factor in everybody right. keeping their jobs. That's number one. And that's not looking good for Poles or Eberflus right now. Mm-hmm. And not, it's not just two and six. It's like a very ugly, very problematic two and six with some of those losses. Sprinkled in among that, you have Chase Claypool. You have Justin Fields clashing publicly with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You have Alan Williams, mm-hmm. uh, David Walker. And at every turn, Pat, which one of those episodes do you feel like Matt Eberflus has come out and handled well publicly? Zero of them. It makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you wonder, you know, could he have shown up today and said, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you this is good, but I'm going to tell you it's under control. Or, you know, I still don't understand why when Chase Claypool happened, Iberflus didn't come out and torch him. Like, or make it, clear yeah. that he was never going to be here again. Right. Instead of dragging on for a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just bizarre all the way around. Let's talk about Montez Sweat, and then we'll get to Jalen Johnson, and then we'll come back around to Iberflus again. Uh, Montez Sweat, Bears trade a second-round pick to him, or, or to the commanders for him. Jason, we haven't talked on the podcast since it happened. Uh, is this really smart or really stupid? It seems like there's no in-between. It feels really desperate to me. Yeah. Um, and maybe they should be desperate. Maybe I'd be desperate, too, if I thought my team was going to be contending for a playoff spot this year. Mm-hmm. And I spent $17 million, I want to say, on Demarcus Walker and Yannick Ngakwe this season. Yep. And nothing was working out. Three and a half sacks between the two. I need to show I'm doing something. Yep. It is a high, high price to pay. As of right now, it's the same price that they paid for Chase Claypool, which is rightfully the first thing that people think about when Ryan Pauls makes this trade, committing a, giving up a major asset for a guy that they have not had in their building. Right. And they are telling you, and he is telling you, trust me, that I've done my homework on this. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a, an example from exactly a year ago that shows mm-hmm. you can't trust them to do their homework. To the them. day. To the day, almost, yes. Um, I think Montez Sweat is a much better player than Chase Claypool was last year. But His trajectory is better. He's at a better, a more premium position, absolutely. And yes. Polls even said today he didn't even think he was available for a while. Um, the Steelers, uh, meanwhile, could not wait to get rid of Chase Claypool. Uh, so I, I think in a sense it's a little unfair to compare the two. But look, you're going to have to start paying Montez Sweat 
like he's one of the what, dozen best pass rushers in football now. Uh, in a sense, that risk is far more than, than what they had to risk with Chase Claypool. Well, there's the homework part. Pat. Right. There's a huge part of the homework is did they know when they got him what he would be wanting right. financially right. and that they could meet it? Yep. Because if that doesn't happen, this is even if he's good, this mm-hmm. is an epic mistake. Right. You cannot give up a second round pick for a rental. No. When you're two and six. Well, and even if even if they don't get an agreement, they can tag him next year, uh, so they can keep him for a year and a half. But God, you got to keep this guy for four or five years for it to be worth a, a second round pick. Don't I'm you? glad you brought up the franchise tag thing because they can't let that happen either. You need. Montez Sweat mm-hmm. and Jalen Johnson on your roster next season. Right, you need them both. Mm-hmm. And Jalen acknowledged there's today, only one franchise tag. And Jason and Jalen acknowledged today, Jason, that that oh yeah, they could t- they could just tag me and take this make you know take this decision out of my hands. And I'm sure that's the Bears' threat when they negotiate with Jalen Johnson, which is hey man, we don't have to do squat for a year and a half if we don't want to. And and they could still keep him. Him asking for a trade. Is that reflective of the organization or of him? Well, you can't be a happy camper and say, trade me, right? I think that Jalen Johnson has been very amicable throughout this whole process, mm-hmm. at least with the parts we know about. Right. There are some parts of the negotiations that are going to stay private between them, but the things that we've heard Jalen say and the people that we've talked to behind the scenes, this all seemed to be going pretty well. Right. And Ryan Poles thought it was going pretty well. Sunday in Los Angeles. Right. They were having uh, some kind of meeting during the day before that game. I don't think Jalen – I think Jalen Johnson walked out of those conversations, or his agent did, so discouraged by how far apart they were mm-hmm. that he didn't feel like he had any more choice. He had already refused – he had already declined to use his options to ask for a trade earlier like Roquan Smith did in the summertime, to hold out, to threaten to sit out part of the season, any of these things – Jalen had not really made any kind of mess for them. In right. fact, went so far, Patrick, as to say, I'm not Roquan Smith. Right. Like, rest easy. Mm-hmm. Let's work this out. And I'm not Trevon Diggs, too. And then I think that I think that what he did was fine and understandable and because he felt like he was out of options. I don't think they handled that wisely at all, his side, though. Right. I mean, getting that... At midnight on Monday, when the trade deadline is 3 p.m. the next day, mm-hmm. like you need to, if you're at that, you need to hit that point Friday, probably. Right. right. Give yourself the weekend sure. to start calling teams. Because not or only don't are, bother. Because not only, I mean, in this situation, his agent needs to find out a what will a team pay my guy on an extension, mm-hmm. and b what will they give the Bears that that the Bears will be happy with. And Ryan Poles was clear today. He said, you know, I want a late one or an early two, and uh, that was the only way I could trade Jalen Johnson is. If I could actually expect to replace him. He said, "If I, I want a shot at landing another Jalen Johnson. Right. And that's where the pick would have to be to do that, he thinks. That tells you what he thinks of Jalen Johnson's value. Right. He's tipping his hand a little bit on that. Um, but Jalen Johnson, you could see it a little bit. If Like, it's, it's not, it's subtle. Right. But his comments about his situation have subtly gotten... More and more concerning over the last yeah, few. A little weeks. more strident, yeah. Yeah, and he was ta- and and more also not just strident that too, but also more. Um, you could see the stress wearing on him. Mm-hmm. So when there's these trade rumors swirling around Jalen Johnson, Patrick, right. and you think, ah, this is the usual, you know, fans just kind of latching on to things, people just throwing stuff out there. 
Sure. And then Jalen Johnson tells you, yeah, that Raiders game, I thought that might be my last Bears game at Soldier right. Field. Right. I thought that might be it for me. Yeah, that was surprising. I was thinking about it going in. Then you so him, no one from the organization has told him, hey, we're, calm not, down. we're not trading you. Don't yeah, worry down. about that. Well, and then today he said, you know, somebody said, did you think they'd trade you? And he said, yeah. Yeah, I did. He was hoping for it. Yeah. He hoped to not be here today. And now he has to come back and play here for an organization that, matter-of-factly, doesn't respect and value him to the level that he thinks they should. That's an important uh, adjoinder there. It's not that they don't respect and value him. It's that they don't respect and value him at his number. And, and he went out of his way to say, hey, talk is talk and action is action. And uh, the Bears haven't shown that kind of action. Here's where Sweat and Jalen intertwine, though. As you mentioned, this, um, the franchise tag. Uh, they need to sign one so they can keep the other. I, I think they're going to sign Sweat and, and uh, you know, they'll keep Jalen. Typically, when good players get franchise tagged, uh, they don't like it. And uh, they kind of act the fool sometimes. Do you see Jalen doing something like that to try to regain leverage or no? Doing what? Uh, either popping off, um, uh, you know, a, um, not, uh, what's the word, uh, what's the, the hold in? You can do the hold in, that sort of stuff? I can see Jalen speaking his mind. I still think Jalen Johnson is too much. He's wants too much. He wants so much to do the right thing. Right. That he would not want to be, he would not want to be, uh, like, sitting out games. And he said today, he said, my passion and my enthusiasm for this doesn't change over a contract. Mm-hmm. Like, that I play for more than just trying to make the Chicago Bears happy. I play for me. Yeah, right. God and my family. Right. And so you're going to get the same and then he, Johnson, maybe even more. And then he acknowledges that Ryan Poles has got to feed his family, too. And, it, and is trying to do the best job that he can in negotiating a deal. Jason, it's just... It, it's really interesting. They're at this nexus of, like I said, their two best defensive players, their head coach, and their general manager. You know, by the way, <laughs> Tyson Bajant, who last week was the most famous bear walk in the earth, he talked today. If he said anything uh, uh, worth anything, we'll get to that uh, on a different day. Um, it's normal franchises, when they bring in somebody like Montez Sweat, should relish it and be able to trot out the GM and take the picture with the jersey and, you know, enjoy themselves and, and tell their fan base, hey, look at this toy we just got us. Mm-hmm. Because of this David Walker thing, there was none of that today. It because was, of the Jalen Johnson fiasco and right. because of the losses, so that puts, you know, Eberflus fully into question. I mean, yeah, not a, this is not a great day for the Bears when it, it could have been. Yeah. It could yeah. have been a very celebratory day. Yeah. But in order for it to be that, Pat, they would have to not have these off-field problems. They would have to not be 2-6 and six and coming off uh, an embarrassing blow where they weren't even competitive. They would have had to get the Jalen Johnson thing ironed out quicker mm-hmm. before it got to this. And then they could have enjoyed things, but they hadn't done all that work. <laughs> Those things hadn't happened, so you're still answering for that. Ryan Poles, when's the last time Ryan Poles talked before Wednesday? Oh, the last time there was a circus. Alan Williams? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So what were they, 0-2 at that time, I yeah. think? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that's come up since then right? for us to ask him about. And while he would have probably talked anyway because of bringing in sweat, mm-hmm. that was not going to be the entirety of the conversation. When right. he's only talking once, twice a season and things are going this badly, Right. You want to know why is this going so badly and what are you going to mm-hmm. do about it? And we, we talk about this just a little behind the scenes. There are guys in the Bears 
uh, locker room, Jason, who are always there. And then you don't have to call in, or you don't have to pepper them with 40 questions every time you see them. You can just have a conversation with them. And you can have a conversation that spans one topic and then kind of you know, move on and figure, hey, if I need them again later in the week, they'll be around. Uh, Ryan Pulse does not have that. If Ryan Pulse had talked off and on through the last couple of weeks, I, I, I think maybe uh, maybe we wouldn't have so much catch up to do. But admittedly, Wednesday is uh, a very busy day around here. Um, is there? Are you happy with what the Bears did at the deadline? I know you said it was desperate, but I think desperate would have included trading Jalen Johnson too, wouldn't it? I don't know. I mean, you need players. Mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson still being here is a win for the Bears. Right. They need him. As far as Sweat, I mean, it's the same logic, Patrick, that they gave for trading for Claypool. Mm-hmm. Was that they didn't think they'd be able to get that level of player mm-hmm. with that pick in right. the upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. And that they didn't like the free agent class at mm-hmm. that position. Which at pass rusher, that's usually the case. The good right. ones are not available in free agency right. usually. Mm-hmm. You have to get them like the Bears did with Mac or something like that. Or the Chargers did with Mac. Right. Uh, You'd like to keep that second-round pick. That is their only second-round pick next year, I believe, right? 2025, they have the extra one, I think, mm-hmm. from the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be picking really high, though. Right. Between their pick and the Panthers' pick, mm-hmm. if you end up picking, let's just say things go really well for them, and they end up picking, like, first and third or first and fourth. Okay. That's well. That's not horribly. That's well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, well, draft-wise, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. That means you're the fourth-worst team. Right. Still, uh, that you can get a pass rusher there. At if you're at four or five, right, you can get your quarterback at number one and your pass rusher at number five, and you can be sitting in pretty good shape. But there's and not- still have that second round pick to apply to any number of needs. Do you know? Do you know? Um, as a former Charger fan, do you know Daniel <laughs> Jeremiah? Yes, sir. Okay, and he does uh, broadcasting on. For them? He's the radio color guy. Do you yeah. know what he said this week after watching the Bears he's and the, Chargers? He's the world's most famous Padre fan. But yeah, continue. Is, is he? No, no. What he said. Daniel Jeremiah said the Bears are 10 players away mm-hmm. from being 10 players away. <laughs> so that second round pick's really valuable because that's a starter. But you know what? There's not a defensive end or an edge rusher in this year's draft that's supposed to be a top 10 pick. So in that case, you'd either be overpaying for one or you'd have to worry about trying to get one in the second or third round. No, no, that's not what you do. You know, that's got to be high pick. High pick on that position. But it, yeah. it, there's not one there as we sit here right now. There's not a Montez Sweat? I don't I don't think so. Okay. Um, and also, you know, if they have these two high picks, they can use one of them, not the quarterback one, to actually go get more picks. And I, I think there's flexibility there. I also think this. If they draft a quarterback, Justin Fields isn't going to be here next year. And I don't think you're getting a two for Justin Fields. No. But you might be getting a three and a half. And if so, my, there's a, the Bears have some flexibility in terms of how they can acquire day two picks. Um, and I think that'll be more clear once the season ends. They'll have to flip one of those top picks, like yeah. you're saying. Well, and, and that has to stop. Yeah, I, but that's, I, like, that's clever, and that gets more good players. Mm-hmm. But time right. for some great players. Well, that's part of how you win too. Well, and, and also as we're, as we're talking about sweat here, it's really easy to sit there and go, dude, just let him get to free agency. Come on, but. Somebody was going to trade for for Sweat. Washington was unloading him. So yeah. if you were well, serious was, about it, you couldn't wait that. Whether it was the Falcons or the 49ers or, or whomever, if they had traded for Sweat, guess where Sweat's not going? Free agency. 
Uh, it, yeah. you know, Polls pointed this out, and I do agree with them on this point. If you look at the list of potential free agents, edge rushers this offseason, uh, Daniel Hunter is one of them. Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, is one of them. Boy, that's a pretty good-looking list today. But that list is going to be real different uh, you know, in March. Uh, teams don't let good edge rushers go. I, I had a stat last week when they were getting ready to play Khalil Mack that I think uh, in Max, or since Mack joined the Bears, I think he's sixth or seventh in sacks, something like that. He's the only one out of the top seven uh, who had played for more than one team. Like, if you have somebody who's a good pass rusher, you keep them. And, you know, I feel Mark Potash in the back of my head saying, what do the commanders know that the Bears don't? Because that's always his um, go-to line when the Bears trade for someone else's stud player. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm a lot more comfortable trading with the Commanders than I am trading with, say, the Steelers exactly. last year. Yes. Yeah. Um, or the Ravens. Wh- where does Matt Eberflus go from here? To New Orleans. I mean, that's what he told us, right? Right. We're in the present. Right. Uh, I don't like their chances in New Orleans. So I don't like their chances of this getting better this week. Is it worth wondering? After New Orleans, they played home against the Panthers on a Thursday. There you go. It's a 10-day gap if they lose and if they decide that they'd rather someone else take over. Is that worth watching? I don't know, man. Yeah. That's really an interesting question because what you're really asking, the way I hear that is, what does Kevin Warren think and how much power does he have? Right. Because the Bears don't fire coaches during the season. Mm -hmm. But now that's Kevin Warren's decision and... Or we think it is right. Ke- them hiring Kevin Warren to be team president is the closest they could come to actually selling the team. Right. Kevin Warren has more power. Right. Than anyone in his position has had, I think. But does he have all the power? Right. And if they, I don't know how he could look at what Matt Eberflus is doing and think that this is good. No. I don't know what firing him accomplishes if you're two and seven. Yeah. Yeah, to and what end? Right, yeah. Who becomes the head coach then? Richard Hightower gets a good opportunity. I mean, if, if Eberflus is fired, it feels like Getze would be fired with him. Right. I just don't know where the Bears are getting with any of that in a season that's already lost. Well, and if you look at the Raiders today, the Raiders fired their GM and their head coach and their offensive coordinator uh, after a year and a half. That's, that's the exact same timeline uh, that the Bears are on. So it's possible. If the Raiders can do it, you can too, but... Uh, I think the key here is that the GM went with them because every game the Raiders are going to play under interim head coach Antonio Pierce um, is going to be irrelevant the rest of the year. And that's okay if you have nobody on your staff you're keeping. Right. Um, it might not be okay if you've got a general manager still sitting there. I they, I certainly don't think they're going to fire Ryan Poles okay. uh, during the season. Okay. So I don't think it would be a total – there could even be on the table a total house cleaning mm-hmm. like in Vegas – I would still bet on Ryan Poles lasting past this season. Yeah. I think Ryan Poles will get a second head coach and will get more than two years to try to build something. Eberflus is more the one in question. I think you should raise your children to be the GM and not the coach. The GM always outlasts the coach. Yeah. 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 And and I wonder, too, you know, you hear you know, what Ryan Poles said today about Eberflus. I mean – is a pretty strong support of him. Uh, I don't know what he's supposed to say otherwise, but uh, it, it would be a little bizarre to sit there and be like, hey, didn't 10 days ago, didn't you say that this guy was a great leader of men and, and now you're doing this? Like, it, it'd, be, it'd be a weird little U-turn, I think. 
I would say it's very unlikely. I would say that Matt Eberflus probably gets to the end of the season, but if it keeps going like this, I don't know how he possibly stays past the end of the season. I think Ryan Poles could make a case, a a serviceable case, a viable case to keep his job. I don't think Matt Eberflus is going to be able to do that. I mean, they're they're two and six. Yeah. On their way to two and seven. What do they end up at, Pat? This year, like five and eleven. Yeah. I mean, who has ever cried? Over firing a coach that's gonna now be eight and twenty-five or something like right. that. Right, be the I mean the worst winning percentage in Bears I, history. I don't think anyone's gonna object to that. Um, Ryan Paul's comment about Matty Rafflus and about his standing with the team. Mm-hmm. You're hearing that as strong support. Um, I think I heard that as sympathetic more than anything else. And he's very loyal to Matty Rafflus and he likes Matty Rafflus. And I think he's sympathetic to that things have not gone well. Can, can I read the quote? Yeah, please. Uh, what I see every day where I see the, him address the team and I see his approach through adversity, it is stable, man. And I know in the outside world it doesn't look like that. And I know it looks like we're far away. But this dude comes in every day and just keeps chipping away. He has high integrity, the people that he brings in here. He's done the work to make sure that they're the people they're supposed to be. Uh, editor's note, really? We're sure of this? Um, again, we hold that standard. If it doesn't follow that and if people aren't acting that way, then they're not here. But the way he holds everything down here is incredible for how loud it is, how tough it is. It's been really hard, especially from where we started this year, etc., etc., etc. So he's doing a good job managing how bad things are here. Right. I, that isn't going to really resonate as far as keeping your job, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. It, there has to be wins, Pat. When Ryan Pohl says, I know it looks like we're far away. Well, why does it look like they're far away? Because they stink. Because they're 5-20 and 20 over the last. <laughs> they and because they're 10 players away from being 10 players away. And because you look at, you know, who have they beaten this year? The Commanders and the Vikings? I mean, you look uh, at... Commanders and the Raiders. Commanders and the Raiders? The Raiders just me? fired everybody. I mean, yeah. they couldn't get hardly anything going against the Vikings. They lost... Badly at home to the Packers, who haven't been good against anyone yep. since. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they are far away. I, you can't keep if you're the Bears. You can't. I mean, I can because they've owned the team for this long and it's been like this for my whole life. But you can't keep saying things are going so much better than what you guys think. I, your eyes are lying to you. Don't trust what you see, everybody. Right. Trust what we're telling you instead, and think that people are going to just keep buying that. Bears fans have had a lot of. A lot of years of that. And uh, I do not blame them for not buying it. Uh, Just, again, what should have been a fun day for Bears fans, again, turns into a circus. It's a whole season. Yeah. It was supposed to be a fun season, wasn't it? Anything could happen. It's more fun than rooting for your team to lose to get a better draft pick last year. And as it turns out, maybe it's not. So should we leave it at that, or you got you got like a joke or anything? Can we end on a high note? <laughs> yeah, my favorite part of the day, the thing that made me laugh the most was we were talking about what the Bears gave up for Montez Sweat and how you po- couldn't possibly let that happen, Patrick, where you give up a second-round pick for a rental right. who just leaves in free agency when you're 2-6. and six. Right. If you're like the 49ers, you can make that move. Sure. Not right. the Bears, not 2-6. and six. So... Mark Potash asks Montez Sweat basically that question. And he used the phrase, he said, hey, so basically, like, uh, you know, you really got these guys over a barrel, huh? <laughs> Montez they Sweat. gave up that pick for you. And Montez Sweat goes, barrel? He'd never heard the phrase. 
and or he said he'd never heard the phrase. He also played coy like he didn't uh, know that that was the case, that he had all this leverage on them <laughs> because they cannot possibly fail to sign him. Right. But he knows. You, he, he's too savvy and been in the league too long. He knows exactly the leverage he has. It reminded me of the Khalil Mack story when J.J. Stankiewicz asked him if he was tickled by something. Mm-hmm. And his response was, and it's really hard. I can't get my voice nearly. you got to get down deep for the <clears throat> Mack voice. His response was, tickled. Like that? It was great. <laughs> it was great. All right. All right. That's happy enough. That's about as upbeat uh, as we're going to get. You? Sure, sure, sure. It's not a good day. No. It's not a good day here. No, not great. Eddie Rufflew's tried to make it sound like it was a good day. You know, show us strength. Yeah. It wasn't that. Not great. Not great. Um, Jason will be back later in the week to probably preview the Saints and maybe talk about some other stuff. Till then, you can follow Jason, myself, and Mark Potash on social media. Check us out at the Sometimes website. And if you live in Chicago, please pick up a paper. He's Jason. I'm Pat. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.